This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Just too good. It's a classic. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 200 of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. For those of you that have been with us through it all, including our days at Point Park Pens Talk, that used to be our intro. Back on the banks of the Mon at WPPJ when we had three of us, including our other co-host, Jordan Slobodinsky, which, if you're listening to this, shout out Jordan. But this is episode 200 of the Tip of the Iceberg. That was just a little bit of some of the surprises that we can expect here at episode 200. My name is Nick Berlansky. As always, I'm joined by Nick Horwat. We have a new video format for our YouTube viewers, and it's going to be a fun episode. We have a lot of stuff in store for episode 200, including... A giveaway announcement that's coming at the end of this segment. Horwat, how are you today on this monumental occasion? It's a monumental occasion. There's so much happening today. The Penguins almost gave us all heart attacks yesterday. I think they did give us all heart attacks yesterday anyway. Uh, this is the Monday, January 3rd, where Big Ben's probably playing his last game at Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not have coronavirus this weekend, but I did have to work all weekend. Happy New Year's, everybody. And... Here we are, 200 episodes. Yeah, if you've been listening to us since Point Park, first of all, thank you. Second of all, if you haven't, I would say try and go back, but those are probably the lost episodes at this point. There's some fun stuff if you're able to find something, though. I have them stowed away. That's where I found the uh, the intro, actually. I have them stowed away somewhere on my laptop and on a hard drive that I had to dig out of the closet. But we have them. They're there somewhere. And some of them, it's probably best if they don't see the light of day, especially considering uh, where like I started as hosting and everything else that was going on at that point. We weren't good. I can remember our first couple episodes did not have a real good format. Uh, no. And, oh yeah, we just weren't good. So Some of the <laughs> topics we were able to talk about, though, I mean, what, that was, what did we start? What year was that? That was 2016. 16, 17, or 2017, 18? I don't know. It definitely was wasn't 16, 17. We never okay. discussed a cup championship. So 2017, 18, we started. Yeah, that was... That's right, because I think on one of our first episodes, we discussed Flurry's return. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a while. Also, we're currently discussing things that had nothing to do with our 200 episodes on this network. Thank you, and yeah. shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network that have now given us 200 episodes of speaking into a microphone... And most of it not being nonsense. Hope, yeah, yeah. For the most part, you were saying we were not good back then. I, I would venture to guess that we're not really that good now, but we're just better. We are better. We've improved. We and, have improved. And we've you know lost a man along the way, but hey, happy trails. And he still keeps in touch, so you know it's it's not like he's dead, just dead to us. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> All right. I still love you, Jordan. But uh, let's get started. With this episode, obviously, we're talking about Penn's Talk. It is the 200th episode. We are celebrating an achievement, and trust me, it is a milestone that I've had my eye on for a while. I'm happy to be here. And could we have not gotten a more crazy game to talk about on our 200th episode than the Penguins defeating the San Jose Sharks 8-5 to in their first game back in two calendar weeks? Now, it all started in the first period where 
we looked at it and we said, listen, I, I we sent messages back and forth like, oh, this is going to be so much fun to talk about. This is all positive things to talk about on our 200th episode. Four goals in the first six minutes of action. Evan Rodriguez notches his 11th goal, assist to Pedersen and Heinen. Then Gensel gets his 16th in his first game back from injury from Crosby. And Brian Rust, who was also returning to the lineup. Then Evan Rodriguez scored his second goal of the game. Second assist for Heinen, Dom Simone. Gets an assist as well. And then Brian Rust scores a goal, his third of the season. Assist to the first deep pairing of Dumoulin and Latang. So, right out of the gate, 4 to nothing. The fans at PPG Paints Arena are on their feet. It's going crazy. The Penguins are winning their third jer- wearing their third jerseys, which has been very successful so far. And all things are going positive. They give up a goal to make it 4-1. to one, But then in the final two minutes of the game, or the period, final five minutes of the period, I should say... Casper Bjorkvist scores his first NHL goal in his first NHL game, and Brian Rust tallies his second of the game, assist of Marino and Pedersen. After that first period, Horwat, it was pretty smooth sailing at that point. It sure seemed like it. It sure mm-hmm. seemed like everything was going to be pretty okay. I mean, going into the second, I think, I mean, going into, going through the first, you just didn't know when it was going to stop to the point where McGinn hit one off the post in the closing seconds that place would have gone ballistic if that seventh had gone in because there was already so much energy in the building after three let Mm -hmm. alone getting a fourth let alone getting a fifth even after giving one up it's wild stuff but um going through the second i think it was a boring second period you could tell we took the foot off the pedal i mean Mm -hmm. granted the sharks didn't do much either i mean they scored one but we still outshot them. It just was a boring, quick period of hockey that I don't really remember. And then that third period happened, and then that's when the meltdown decided to turn its head. Yeah. 6-1 to one after one period of play. The Penguins relinquished a goal. It was 6-2 to two going to the third. And like you mentioned, the Penguins, they took their foot off the gas, but they were still playing very good defensively. They weren't giving up many shots. I mean, the San Jose Sharks had one shot on goal in the first 10 minutes of the second period. So the Penguins were playing well still and diligently in their own end, and then that third period happened. But when you're playing in your own zone like that, you can only hold down the fort for so long. And Casey DeSmith was just not on it in that third period, and it all started 30 seconds in with that bounce off the backboards where he played it horrendously and shot it basically into his or deflected it basically into his own net. And at that point, it's six to three with 30 seconds into the third period, and you start to have the pit in your stomach like, oh no. This is going to happen. Yeah. So when that goal went in, you see DeSmith turn around. First of all, why are you fully turning around like that? Secondly, you, he looked like he squared it up to put it in his own net. I think he was trying to ice the puck and like trying to, to stop play, but it just, it didn't go well. I mean, it, it he misread it off the boards yeah. and that's, it's one of the most embarrassing goals you can give up as a goaltender, apart from like the 200 foot shot that goes in between your legs. Right. It's just the way it, bounced off the wall and from the camera angle that we saw the live feed from basically like when you see the back angle it doesn't look as bad but from the live angle and in real time you see him drop his pad and you see the puck coming at him and you're thinking he's just trying to kick it out but the net is right there and he's face it just looked like not on purpose but it just looked awkward and that he was not i don't know how to put it 
I, I really don't, other than it looked like he was trying to do it on purpose. Yeah. I was mind blown I, by because it, it looked like he was squaring up to do that, to kick it directly in, and then it fumbles around, and then it goes in. So I immediately thought, what is Casey doing here? Yeah, I don't think that was how uh, Andy Kyoto would like them to play it. <laughs> but uh, squaring it's, it up it's when certainly... you're back to the ice, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it it was it was a bad goal, and at that point, you know, six to three, you're still like the Penguins can get their footing underneath them. They've played good defensive hockey in the second period, even though they're offensively just kind of stopped trying, and then you just see the Sharks continue to climb back in. Logan Couture gets a goal. Brent Burns gets a power play goal from the point, and all of a sudden, with a lot of time left on the clock, it's six to five, and you're looking at Casey to Smith. And you're looking at the fact that this was all kind of spearheaded by the fact that once it got to 6-1, to one, the Sharks brought in a rookie goaltender making his NHL debut. And while he wasn't tested much, he made 11 saves on 11 shots to help backstop them into the game. And you see, okay, maybe Mike Sullivan's going to bring in Louis Domingue here, a guy that has NHL experience, a guy that has succeeded at the NHL level. And he's backing up to Smith for today's contest because Tristan Jari's on the COVID list. You think maybe this is our own change the goalie, change the momentum thing. But he, he stuck strong with Casey to Smith. Did you agree with that? Or did you think that we should have saw Louis Domingue last night? So that was a question I was going to pose to you because you're still winning the game. We never trailed in the game. We weren't behind. Casey yeah. to Smith did lead the entire game. Mm. That really is a weird question of, do you pull your goalie? Like when you go up six to one, but then you go, then all of a sudden it's six to five. Do you switch the goalie? Because you're still ahead. It's not mm. like you blew the lead entirely. And yeah, he should be taken out. But you're, but you've also you've also given up five. What is a coach's, you know, mentality on that? That's what I was going to ask you because I think it was fine keeping him in because mm -hmm. you were still winning. It didn't look good, and it was five minutes into the period we were um, ahead by one, and I think. I wouldn't have minded seeing a change, but I, I understood it. Like we were still winning. That's basically how I looked at it. Yeah. When I look at that, here's the thing. And we saw the sharks do basically this in a very smaller sample size in the first period. When the momentum is that severely on one side, but what's the first thing you do? You call a timeout. And the penguins did do that when it got to six to five, the sharks did that when it got to three to nothing, but guess what? It went from three to nothing to six to one. And that's when the Sharks said, now we are going to yank our goaltender. Now James Reimer is done. It's, but it, here's the difference. In the third period, yeah, you still have the lead. But do you really want to wait until that game is tied? Or do you want to put him... I would have put him in after 6-5. to five. Okay. Now, I'm not a head coach. Right. But that would have been my decision. Because Casey DeSmith, especially the goals that he was allowing... Like, look at that third goal. Yeah, it's bad luck. But he was way out of position. Like, that is never an okay position to be in. And listen, sometimes it, people have a bad game, and that'll be the next question we ask about DeSmith. But in that instance, I would have probably pulled DeSmith. They didn't, and they still got the positive outcome. They got the two points. They got the regulation win. But at that point, I would have pulled DeSmith. Yeah, I think I wouldn't have disagreed with with either decision. I think I was just really at the mode of I'm not fully blaming Casey because we do still have to score a damn goal. Mm -hmm. I get Zach Tell me with the last name because I have a good pun for it. Uh, I, I Sawchenko. Forget it right now. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah Sawchenko. I, I get that Sawchenko looked more like Sawchuck in this situation, but just you got to score on him, man. Mm -hmm. Also, NHL debut. What the hell? 
Yeah. It it was an absolutely wild game, and I just feel like I would have rode whoever was in net for our for us goaltending wise because either way, it's the Sharks. I think we can make some stops here. I well, I get it's good that it finally looked like the guys that I pulled their cap friendly up that the defensemen there that are over 30 that they're paying 11 and a half, 8 and 7 and a half million to are finally starting to do something. And oh yeah, Logan Couture who was also over 30 and making 8 million, 8 million until the until the cows come home. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't like the Sharks. <laughs> I know you don't. I mean, they are actually pretty decent this year, yeah, but uh, go ahead and continue your point. Yeah, they're pretty decent this year. They're just paying old men a lot of money, and I've forever and always called all of those guys overrated. But, um, hey, it looks like they were finally doing something. But Casey DeSmith, again, you can make stops on these guys. They're they, It's the same formula for uh, for... Carlson, it's the same formula for Burns. It's the same formula for Couture. Couture's is a little bit harder. I get he is a very talented player and will beat you no matter what. But Carlson, they're shots from the points. Uh, Burns, shots from the point. You can stop those. Clearly you can't. Well, I mean, there was also a screen on it, I believe, at least one of those. Yeah, the, but at the same time... The Carlson one was a deflection. I'll let it kind of slide. Uh, the Burns yeah. one, power play. I don't know how much you could do about it. Uh, but... Boy, that Couture one to make it uh, six to five after you had already taken a timeout. That's the thing. Both teams took a timeout and gave up a goal immediately after. Yeah. No one played well. I would be, you know, way more mad at this game if we didn't pull out two hat tricks. Yeah. I'll give it that. There was some sort of benefit at the end here. I'm still not fully impressed with this game. I mean, sure, we looked good in the first period scoring six. Um, and I'm not expecting us to finish with 18 goals i'm not but i'm expecting at least a couple more and at least a one or two in the second to make me feel at ease because uh we damn near blew a six goal lead last year didn't we to the devils yeah it was i believe in one period i believe they actually tied no it was the same thing where they almost came back yeah but the penguins didn't score any goals in that game after that we they just, almost came. I think it, I think it was seven to one or something, and it went to seven to six, something like that. But it did happen with Case or not Casey Smith with uh, Tristan Jari in net. So we can never just watch a game at ease with this team. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was a rough rough stretch of time there. Whenever you just saw goal after goal for the San Jose Sharks and the Penguins. I mean, once you've taken your foot off the gas that much, once you've stepped back that much, it takes a while to get your feet back underneath you. Eventually they did, which is the good thing, and which is why this is not a very, very negative start to this show. But <sighs> at the same time, you have to look at that and be like, listen, that is an issue. And we'll talk about it in a new segment coming up here in just about five minutes. But that is a little bit more than just human nature, as Mike Sullivan put it. But uh, Casey DeSmith... Really quickly, like a one-minute answer. Do you have him on the hot seat again after this performance? How, again, how's Louis Domingue been doing in the minors? Because I, I mean, they haven't of, really played. I think so. Yeah, it's just a hard one because he's the backup, and we're, we're switching backups here, so it shouldn't matter that much. But your backup's got to get wins when he's in. So I would say yes to a point, just to say uh, that we could use a new backup goalie in general. And also, backup goalies don't usually stick around for that long. Casey DeSmith has been here for how many years now? Almost four. Whew, that's that's a long tenure for a backup goalie on one team. 
Yeah. So I would say yes, just for the sheer fact of needing a new name, needing some fresh legs, and we have someone who has the, and we have someone in Louis Domingue who has the capability to take over in that role. Yeah, and that's the thing too with DeSmith last year. I mean, it it didn't matter because DeSmith was really good last year, but there wasn't somebody behind there. I mean, it was Max Lagasse and Emil Larmy, and neither of them were at the level that Louis Domingue is as far as clout being a backup goaltender. So you have that guy there that also, I think, warms up the seat a little bit for DeSmith. I don't think it's a, if you mess up one more time, you're done, but I think you're looking at it on a case-by-case and a game-by-case game basis of, hey, dude, if you don't get your act together a little bit more, like, the goals that he was allowing yesterday can't go in. Right. So, especially at that many of them at that point of the game. So it's a game-by-game basis where it's like, dude, if you continue to do stuff like this, we have a guy in the minors that can take your job. It's not an, it's not an issue. Right. So uh, I don't I don't think that he's he's done. I don't think he's cooked. But I, I think there needs to be a serious look at his performances over the next month or two. Because you also have to determine what you want to do after this season. Because I don't know what Louis Domingue is going to do after this season. He only signed a one-year contract. But Casey DeSmith's contract is also up. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are up this year. It's going to be interesting to see, especially in the goaltending realm. I mean, I, I would assume we let DeSmith go just be, if we hold on to him for the rest of the year just because the times are a-changing when it comes to backup goalies especially. So mm-hmm. maybe some fresh legs, maybe a younger face. We've got Domingue if he decides to come back. we got Lindbergh down there if he you know does well and proves to be NHL-ready as a backup. Who knows? Like, there's options in-house, and clearly um, throughout the league there should be more options. Exactly. So we'll see what happens with that. But luckily at the end of the game, Evan Rodriguez stops the bleeding on the power play, gets his third goal of the game for his first career hat trick. Although I swear for some reason in my memory, I thought it might be the Mandela effect. I might've just seen people saying it, but I I thought I saw Evan Rodriguez score a hat trick earlier in the season. He did not. That was his first career hat trick yesterday. Congrats to him. That's, I mean, a huge accomplishment obviously to get a hat trick in this league, but that just adds to the mystique that has been Evan Rodriguez's season this year. And then of course, Brian Rust nets a hat trick as well with an empty netter late in the Penguins with two guys scoring a hat trick. They finish it off eight to five and stave off an embarrassing loss from the Sharks. Yeah. I, the Rodriguez thing, I think it might be because I heard on the broadcast that he has four career multi-goal games. And I feel like three of them have come this year. Maybe a that, lot of it, yeah. Maybe that was it. I'm actually going to try and find those, uh, what's it called? Uh, splits, Games. whatever I can. Um, but, yeah. yeah, no, I understand. I understood where you're coming from because I kind of had the same thought of, didn't he already have one? And then I quickly remembered, oh, yeah, he got two quick before and then didn't bury a third. I think he hit the post a bunch of times. That might be what you're thinking of. That's. I think that's exactly the game I'm thinking of. Yeah. So... Who knows? But regardless, mm-hmm. as of right now, this is his first, and that was huge. And also, Brian Russ coming back from injury and making us all look stupid with his third of the night. Um, mm-hmm. What can we say about this team? Everything we say turns to gold or mold. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So um, one last note on that game before we move over to Sully Speak, the first of our very new segment here on the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. A little quick trivia fact for everybody, courtesy of Bob Grove on Twitter. The Penguins had two hat tricks in yesterday's game. That is the first time since December 11th 
of 2008 against the New York Islanders that the Penguins had two players score a hat-trick. Back then, it was also number nine and number 17. It was Pascal Dupuis and Peter Sikora scoring dueling hat-tricks in that game against the New York Islanders. So there's your little trivia tidbit from the tip of the iceberg in episode 200 fun stuff all around and you know what the sharks and uh penguins only have wild wild games yeah the early, they were always they talked about talked about on the broadcast a lot because it was a six to one after one about some of the old lemieux and yager games against the sharks where the penguins would win 10 to 1 10 to 2 or 8 to 1 or whatever it may be it's easy to do that when bob Airy is there and he was part of it as well but then there's the game where both teams had three people score multiple goals. This is the one I sent to you that I mm-hmm. think we discussed, if we want to keep throwing it back, I think we discussed something similar on the Point Park radio show um, from January 13th, 1996, whenever the Sharks won 10-8. to Both teams had players, three players score multiple goals. Just the wildest, weirdest games with these two teams. Yeah. And they met in a cup final once, and... Game five was wild. Yeah, game five was crazy. And it was sort of the same thing, but not the same thing. But still, it was one team getting all the momentum and another team trying to suck it back. But uh, either way, uh, Penguins came out on the right side in 2016. Penguins came out on the right side in 2022, the year of our Lord now, Hmm. which I'm not religious. I don't know why I said that. But uh, let's, in 2022, debut a brand new segment called Sully Speak. Anytime you get up that that amount of goals early in a game as a coaching staff we're always concerned because there's so much hockey left to play and to a certain extent you're fighting against human nature because it, it's it's just a my experience of being around the game is as much as you try to fend it off it just seems like it's human nature to want to exhale and, and you don't bring the same level of intensity uh, you don't bring the same attention to detail that that's got you the lead at that point and where there's, there's, there's so much hockey left to be played, um, you know, it, 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 and it, at that point, and, and listen, I, when you're in this game long enough, you're on both sides of those scores. We, we've been in those positions as well when we've been down a bunch of goals. And, and when you're in that position, to a certain extent, you've got nothing to lose. So now you're playing against a team that's playing with a free spirit. And, and that's a dangerous combination. So we're, we're always concerned when, when you get up that, amu- that amount of goals that early in a game. But it just seems like coming off this break, there's been a lot of high-scoring games for whatever reason, whether it's the amount of time that's been off. Normally in a Christmas break, uh, teams aren't used to getting the amount of time that we've got off here. And uh, and so, you know, we knew there was going to be a little bit of, uh, that there was going to be a work in progress trying to get back into the, the game mindset. But, I mean, I love the start we had. I thought we, were, we, we brought a ton of energy at the start of the game. Um, you know, we... We talked about simplifying the game. I thought we did. We got we got rewarded, uh, and and but but as a result, I think when you get up that many goals, it's it's almost like you're, you're fighting against your own human nature to make sure you stay diligent. So that was Mike Sullivan on the basically collapse of the Pittsburgh Penguins in the last period and a half there before they were able to notch that power play goal. And here's how this segment is going to work. I meant to introduce this before we put the segment and the, and the quote up there is we're going to listen to a quote from head coach Mike Sullivan and just basically react to it. So Horwat, 
What do you think of that quote? And it is a little bit longer than what we're normally going to do here. But since it's episode 200 and there was a lot to unpack in the game, we had a long quote there. So what did you think about Mike Sullivan's quote on how that game unfolded? It wasn't as much of a Mike Sullivan word salad as I would have expected from a game like that, mm-hmm. really. I mean, yeah, there was a bunch of you know coach talk, which is spewing stuff that you really can't take one way or the other because it's confusing. But I think he hit good points that every fan was thinking as well. It's, in so many words, it's they took the foot off the pedal because they got up so high so early. Mm-hmm but there was a ton of game left. And, I mean, I was reading uh, Twitter comments for, from Sharks fans saying that this was going to be Bob Bugner's last game. Now, is his seat hot? <laughs> like, I don't know what's don't going know. on in San Jose that much for all that. But there was a ton of comments saying he should be fired after this, I guess. And the team's doing well, you said. So that's a wild j- conclusion to jump to for Sharks fans after one game like this. Odds are he just went into the intermission, whipped his boys into shape, took a period to get there because, again, the first, second period was boring. Um, but then in the third, they came out like a house of fire. The first five minutes brought the game within one. That, you know, shows something that the Sharks were able to take advantage of with the Penguins, and that is what Sullivan said, the human nature to continue playing despite being up so high Mm -hmm. you feel like you got the game in the bag you should never feel like that but it's human nature Mm -hmm. i i know that he was probably not as cool about this with his his team i'm sure he had some choice words for them but he's coming in calm cool and collected after a game like that which is pretty much mike sullivan i mean he's he's a he's a slick cat if you will i mean he's a guy that doesn't usually show too much emotion to the media he'll show it on the bench and then sometimes we'll see what we saw in calgary a few weeks back where he's just noticeably upset but what he calls human nature i just say it's penguins nature we've seen this so many times and it might happen in other franchises it might happen in other sports but it seems like it happens to the penguins not just when they're up six to one in a game because that doesn't come very often but if they get up early in a game or even if they have a two plus goal lead after the second it seems like they always have the tendency to step off of the pedal instead of putting it through the other team's throat and that's the problem, which understandably, yes, there's going to be part of it that it's like, okay, we're up by so much, we can just glide through the rest of this game, take our two points, go home, enjoy the rest of the day, because it's a it's a matinee game for the first time this year, basically, since New Year's. But uh, no, it, it's Penguins nature. We saw it a couple weeks ago when they played in Washington. They had a 3-1 to lead. That game ended up, I believe, 4-2, to but it was 3-2, to and very, I mean, they was they were up three to nothing, I should say, in that game. And you could just feel that they had no momentum going, and they needed a last ditch effort, getting that four to two goal to be able to even stick within it. And I believe the game ended four to three, even more that it was closer. So this is Penguins' nature for me. Don't give me that human nature crap. And then also trying to say that, oh well, we've seen across the league a lot of high scoring games. We have. The Sharks played an 8-7 to game against the Arizona Coyotes earlier in the week. There's been a couple of large goal games, but that doesn't me- mean that you should be in that position when you're up by a score of 6-1. to You should be able to do what you did in the second period, protect the house, play better in net if you're Casey DeSmith, and just be better altogether like the whole team. Like I said, it's, At the end of the day, they won the game. They played really well 
at portions. They played really bad at portions. But you'll look at this, and with Sully saying this, it's basically saying, I'm going to tell you guys that it's human nature and try to fall on the grenade for my team, but they're going to be bag skating tomorrow at practice. Sure. And for what it is worth, uh, the Penguins didn't... It's not that they played a good 20 minutes and called it. They played good throughout most of the game. There was there was the first five minutes of the third, and let's just say some minutes here and there in the second. Mm-hmm. But they it wasn't a totally awful game from the Penguins. No, it was not. I mean, like like I mentioned, that goalie, Sachenko, looked phenomenal So to start. He had some very big saves. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodriguez should have had a hat trick way earlier in the game. Yeah. It, he played very well. So it's it was part letting your foot off the pedal and part getting goalied, mm-hmm. honestly. That's how I felt watching, and that's how it felt. You know, I feel like that's kind of the sentiment that Sullivan was preaching back as well. Like, yeah, we definitely should not have given up five goals, but at the same time, we played great throughout the game. Again, despite the first five minutes of the third and... I, again, the second period, I just don't remember a lot of. That's when Sachenko made a couple of huge saves. So, obviously, we were trying there. But at the same time, you mentioned it being Penguins nature, and we brought it up before the Devils game. That Devils game, we gave up six in the third. That's what it was. We went up... Yeah, we went up 6 nothing through the first two periods. I pulled the score sheet up. 6 nothing through the first two periods. Tristan Jari shutting them out and a team with Arendelle on it. Because <laughs> Arendelle did come in this game, but he could, didn't, did not come in uh, yesterday. Um, the Devils came back and scored six in the third. This was at home as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but luckily enough, Sidney Crosby, of all people, was able to score in the third as well to give us the 7-6 to six victory. It's We're still getting wins out of this, which is good. And in most occasions, at the end of the season, they will ask how how many and not how mm-hmm. or however the saying goes that I just had but forgot last second but regardless it's a win overall but you gotta win the right way it's like the Calgary game that I did not see and heard how Matt Sullivan was and thought we got a point out of it how mad could he have been that's a very good team now I see it that looked mm-hmm. bad going down or not going down that looked bad giving up four quick ones like that yeah so we're going to close the book on the game against san jose at the end of the day it is two points for the pittsburgh penguins in the standings they continue to try to chase the top three in the metropolitan division and we're going to take a quick break here but before we do we want to announce this giveaway we're closing in on a thousand followers on twitter which we're very excited about and we're thankful for everybody that has followed us up to this point excited for all of you new followers that are just joining us here from episode 200 on But to celebrate that, we're going to be giving away a new Penguins third jersey. We weren't really hiding that fact. We just weren't saying it in plain English. Obviously, when we mentioned leading up to this episode that Snoop Dogg would approve, that was pretty much a nod to say, we're giving away a Penguins third jersey. You will also be getting, and it's behind me here, a 90s throwback poster as well. So a nice little addition there to tie into the Penguins third jersey to enter We're going to be posting it here in just a couple hours, but to enter this giveaway, you have to follow Iceberg Podcast on Twitter, retweet the contest post, and tag two friends in the comments below. But that's not all, because if you want a second chance, if you want a better odd, 
you can go and get a second entry into this giveaway by giving us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, who now has ratings. Screenshot that review or rating, drop it in the same comment section under the same post, and you will be entered twice for this giveaway to get a new Penguins third jersey. The diagonal Pittsburgh jersey, if you're not aware of which one we're talking about. So make sure you head over to our podcast Twitter feed, at Iceberg Podcast. Enter by the first way, following us, retweeting, and tagging two friends. Then you're officially entered. You have a chance. But if you do the second one and you go the extra mile, give us a review, screenshot it, and drop it also in the comments, I'll put your name in there twice. I just found out Spotify does ratings. So here's me going to, there's there's the camera. Here's me going to rate our show five stars on Spotify because that's what I listen to it on. And it's, you know, everything you need to hear from uh, Penguins Hockey there. Rated five stars. It's good stuff. And I didn't know Spotify had ratings. That's new. And what else? Oh, yeah. I know today's Twitter is going to be a lot of Big Ben content, and it should be. But take two seconds, take two minutes out of your day. And throw some tip of the iceberg content out there. Win yourself a absolutely beautiful jersey that is damn near impossible to find anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can get one just by two simple minutes. Yep. We will be selecting a winner on Monday, January 17th, two weeks after this episode airs. Prior to the Penguins taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll do a live video where we just pick the drawing winner, say congratulations, clap a little bit, and then watch the Penguins take on the Vegas Golden Knights. But that is going to be it for this segment. Come back in the second segment. We're going to talk COVID for the Pittsburgh Penguins and look ahead at the schedule coming up for this team. We'll be right back. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. The NHL got rid of ties back in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 20 or an order, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwat here on episode 200, and we do have some COVID news to talk about because since we last came to you on air, obviously there's more COVID news because there always seems to be COVID news anywhere at this point. So we'll run down the list of what has changed, what the NHL is adapting to, and where the Penguins stand in that current infrastructure. Obviously, we talked about the institution of the Taxi Squad on our last episode. If you want to hear us talk about that, go back and listen to Season 3, Episode 25 of the Tip of the Iceberg, or Episode 199, if you will. But the NHL went through since then and has changed the requirement to five days, if there is no symptoms, that you have to be 
on the COVID list. We have the full rule right here. I'll pull it up on our video feed. Now, the specifics of the changes of the protocol after a positive test include. So if you test positive, here's what you need to go through to get back onto the ice. Initially, isolate for five days. Then, if the individual has a fever, he has to continue to isolate until the fever is gone. Thirdly, if the individual has no symptoms or their symptoms are resolving after the five-day mark, they can leave isolation and return to practices and games provided a four-step process that they have to pass. They have to take a negative test. There's a lot of jargon in, in the, the post that we have up right now. But basically, they have to produce a negative test after five days and after they don't have a fever. They need medical clearance from the club's physician, and they need to be permitted to exit that by the local health authority. So whatever the local ordinances are, in this case, Allegheny County and the city of Pittsburgh, if they meet that requirement as well, then they can return to the team, play in practice, play in games, but they also have to have a mask and take other, you know, steps similar to basically social distancing for five additional days. And then they will be completely out of the protocol. We've seen that with a couple of players returning on Sunday and not missing a game, basically all of the defensemen for the Pittsburgh Penguins that were out. And then we are going to see with, I believe there's now five more players still on the Penguins COVID-19 list at this point. Man, it's a lot. It is a lot. It, these it days. Is, yeah, it is a lot. No, it's the way it is all around the world, though. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of moving pieces. I mean, we've seen so much outside of the world of hockey, of, you know, how much this new variant is getting around. Mm-hmm. And it's wild. And we're just trying to keep everyone safe. I think the, the, and the local ordinances are still playing their hand which they should Mm -hmm. it's going to make canada a little harder because again the canadian government is taking it a little more uh hands-on approach or however you want to put it um so who knows i mean they they don't have a crowd up there right now right they do not no that's why a lot of games are getting canceled in canada yeah or rescheduled i should say rescheduled yes and that's why the entire you know oh also we haven't discussed that but after we talked about it on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, World Juniors are done. Yeah, they are. <laughs> a lot a lot happened since our last recording that we won't be able to get into. But anyway, yes. Yeah, it's it's good to see that the local uh, the local tap thing is still in there, mm-hmm. still intact. Um, because that kind of at least for the local for the locals, like for me, Allegheny County, I know what's going on whatever's going on locally is what the penguins will also have to follow mm. so yeah it's all changing stuff it's gonna probably change again soon mm-hmm. with how this continues to grow and it's just stuff we've been discussing for two years now yeah two years now and it's not getting any easier or fun to talk about each day yeah very true Uh, For the Pittsburgh Penguins, there are five players remaining that are currently on the COVID list. Jeff Carter was put on three days ago. Kasperi Kapanen was put on five days ago. P.O. Joseph, six days ago. Tristan Jari and Teddy Bluger, both seven days ago. So if you look at the new protocols from the NHL, that would mean that Tristan Jari and Teddy Bluger are probably suffering from mild symptoms, which 
Mike Sullivan said that some of the players were suffering from mild symptoms. So the second that their symptoms subside and they test negative, they should be returning to the Pittsburgh Penguins roster. Jeff Carter and Kasperi Kapanen, we don't know if they have symptoms, but we'll find out the next time they go to practice, if they practice tomorrow on Tuesday, and if we see Kapanen. And then Jeff Carter, if he doesn't have symptoms, he can return on Wednesday against the St. Louis Blues. But if he does have symptoms, that'll be pushed back a little bit longer. And we'll also see what the team physicians say and the doctors say. They might be out until the West Coast swing starts on Saturday at Dallas. Yes, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And that is when Malkin himself said he might be able to come back. He did. He he kind of dismissed the fact that he'd be playing on yesterday, on Sunday. And he's probably also not going to play on Wednesday, which is what I expected. But it seems like he is now just day-to-day from the return from that knee surgery. Does he return this week? We'll see. But he also stated at the podium last week, like you mentioned, that he's unsure about his return, but maybe during the West Coast swing that's coming up on the road trip, which would put him back as early as Saturday against the Dallas Stars. And then, of course, they head out to California to hit that portion in the longest road trip, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes, the longest road trip of the Pittsburgh Penguins season at six games. How long was that homestand at the beginning of the season? Uh, Eight games. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of games being played. I guess they did have to even that out, mm-hmm. obviously. They also had a five-game road trip at the beginning of December. Yeah, but another fun thing that I uh, learned on the broadcast is that we now have games in hand. We do. With the with that, with that layoff. Yeah, with the five games canceled, that put us in hand. Yeah. So on basically everybody but Boston, because they've only played 27 games this year. But they're not in our... Division, no, so. but in the wild card race, you know, it's it's time to start looking at the wild card race for a while, where we're firmly in the top position. But you know, with games in hand like Boston has, they can catch up real quick. Yeah, but also we haven't played. Are the who is in front of us in the division? It's Washington, Carolina, who we have not played yet, and the Rangers, who we have not played yet. Uh, I was gonna say, is it and also the Rangers? We haven't played both those teams yet. We have games in hand on those guys. Yeah, we should be looking at the wild card, but we have games in hand on two teams in front of us. Mm-hmm. Let's also look at those and jump out of a wild card spot. What do you say? I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. So let's look ahead at the schedule really quickly. Of course, the Penguins' next action is coming up on Wednesday night, 7.30, against the St. Louis Blues. Now, the Blues are in first place in the Central Division. Obviously, they are much better than I expected them to be this season. They've come out of nowhere. that come from? They're (laughs) one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL. They're third ranked on the power play. They're the fifth Highest scoring team in the National Hockey League at 3.45 goals per game. So what are we going to see on Wednesday? Probably a pretty high scoring game. I mean, Jordan Bennington versus does Tristan Jari come back? If not, it's Casey DeSmith. And Casey DeSmith against the fifth highest scoring team in the NHL. Probably not a great recipe for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But not all hope is lost because teams coming off of a Winter Classic victory are 500. 6-5-1 and one in the history of the Winter Classic. So take that for what you will, Horwat. That's a stat I cooked up all by my lonesome that earlier this morning. So 6-5-1, and one, teams coming off of a Winter Classic win. So nice for the Blues to get that win in Minnesota. 6-2, to two, just throttling them in a beautiful game. I love the aspects of it, and I think it, it should all, always be played at night. But the Blues coming off that win, they're going to take on the Penguins on Wednesday. What do you think about this matchup? Uh... It- well, since the Blues are a hell of a lot better this year, it's a team we haven't seen in a long time. We didn't play them last year. And they're usually a team that play us <clears throat> fairly well. Mm-hmm. I can remember 
I don't remember if it was St. Patrick's Day or the day of the St. Patrick's Day parade in Pittsburgh that they throttled the hell out of us whenever me and Megan were sitting in your and Kayla's uh, uh, living room. Yeah, we went to get ice cream instead. Washington. Yeah, and we drove past Brandon waiting in line at a bar in the south side. <laughs> um, which, by the way, I think that bar is shut down. Now. It is. That being said, <laughs> um, yeah, the Blues play us very well. Always have, I think. It's... They're one of those teams that I don't know what it is about them, but they can handle us. They're a good team, clearly. Mm-hmm. And they've, they're they they're a team that has a hell of a chemistry, by the way. That's one thing that really stands out with that team. Yeah, Tarasenko may not want to be there. He's leading them in points. anymore. Yeah, but then all of a sudden playing well and winning can do a lot to change the mindset of a player. Mm-hmm. So who knows exactly? But outside of him, that team has got a hell of a chemistry, and that's despite them being a good team or even when they're not good. That is one thing that always stands out with me and the Blues is that they love each other. Yeah, that's you know as teammates, as brothers, and going out there and fighting for each other, and you know, it's that's what makes them hard to play against. Mm-hmm. They're going to stick up for each other. They're going to have each other's backs, and they're going to want you know want to win together. Mm-hmm. They've seen the mountaintop recently. They know what it's like. Granted, yeah, they lost their captain since then. Um, Vince Dunn and also wanted out of there, right? Yeah, he's he's in uh, Seattle now. Yeah, so it's like yeah, there's a ton of chemistry there, but there is that weird rift of players wanting traded out pretty often. Mm-hmm. But regardless, you see the main names there: Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, you know, match made in heaven. Uh, Jordan Bennington, as much of a head case as he may be, he's a solid. That's his. That's his team. He's a solid goalie again. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is turned it around he's figured it out so he might not even want to be traded it's they are a fun team to watch but playing against them is very not fun yeah and also you can't discount what pavel buchnevich when he's healthy does for that team i mean that move we all looked at it and said well they get pavel buchnevich which is good they traded sammy blay who was okay he's a big body but he has been really good for them when he's healthy but let me let me ask you this really quickly we mentioned vladimir tarasenko's leading that team in goals and in points, with 14 goals and 33 points. Do you know, without looking, do you know who is second on that team in scoring right now? Oh, I don't I don't have the stats in front of me. I just have no, names. just guess. Who is second in scoring? If I had to guess, I would say David Perron, just to be fun. David Perron, he has 20 points. He's had him a pretty decent season. Jordan Cairo with 32 points. This is what I mean. These guys have Ooh. a lot. Exactly. These guys and this team has a lot of players that you might not have heard of but they're playing as a unit. It's similar to the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, while we don't, we do have a Crosby, we do have a Gensel, this team is playing as a unit. There's not one guy up way above everybody else. It is a bunch of guys working together and scoring on every single line. So it's going to be a great matchup on Wednesday. I'm very excited to see it. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the Penguins showed on Sunday that they have a lot of firepower. The Penguins defensively are much better and in net are much better than the St. Louis Blues, but that's also when Tristan Jari is in net. We'll see what happens with that. If Jari's playing, it's going to be, I, I think I give the edge to the Penguins. If DeSmith is playing, I might have to give the edge to the Blues. You just might have to. So after that, they have a, sorry, do you have anything else on, on, on the Blues game? I didn't mean to cut you off there, Horwat. No, I got nothing. Go okay, ahead. well, uh, to, after that, they will embark on their six-game road trip, which we'll talk about more on Thursday. I'm just going to mention it here really briefly. This is going to be the longest road trip of the season for the Penguins. 
kicking off on Thursday night, the second half of a back-to-back at the Philadelphia Flyers. It'll be the second matchup between these two teams. The last one was a 2-1, I believe, or 3-2 overtime victory where Chris Letang scored on Carter Hart on a wraparound. It had to go to the review and everything, but the Penguins did prevail in that one. After that, on Thursday, they will play at Dallas on Saturday, and then they will hit their California road trip in January. I'm sure a lot of the players are very happy about that. At Anaheim, at LA Kings, at San Jose Sharks, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday of next week. The Penguins, the last time on that road trip, went 0-3. It was abysmal, and we all remember it being the beginning of the end right before the COVID shutdown in 2020. And then, of course, after those three games, they'll end it all against the Vegas Golden Knights, a game in which, right before it, we will be giving away a new Penguins third jersey. So there is the road ahead for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Before we cut to break, Horwat, what do you think of that road ahead? What do you think of this road trip coming up, really briefly? Uh, exercise those demons of the last time we were out there. That's all. Mm. That's really it. Like These are good teams again, all of a sudden. So there should be better matchups. But much like this last game against San Jose, don't take the foot off the pedal because we think they might not be up to their standards. Mm -hmm. They are getting there now, all three of them. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Quick has had a weird resurgence. The Ducks seem to uh, keep winning games, and we see what the Sharks can do. Play high-scoring hockey again out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So these aren't teams to be taken lightly anymore, and I think that that was our issue last time, probably. Mm -hmm. And... uh, the myriad of other factors, yeah. namely Patrick Marlowe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, just exercise those weird demons that we couldn't win out there last time and play well on the road. Get some victories. We've done it. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to close out this show with one final segment. We'll be right back here on episode 200 of The Tip of the Iceberg. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, episode 200. Thank you to everybody for tuning in to this episode and the 199 before it. And if you are a 3PT fan, well, definitely. Thank you for tuning in God back then. You. Yeah, God bless you. You're probably just sitting at Point Cafe at Point Park's campus. But this episode and every episode of the Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THBN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Again, that is promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So normally on our Monday episodes, we do a Pens poll. But if you follow us on Twitter, you mentioned and probably noticed we didn't do a Pens poll last week. And I know that I forget a lot and I show that I'm I, my brain is probably a lot older than my body is because it's just worn down. But I didn't forget last week. It was purposely ignored last week because we're bringing back an old segment, but a good segment. It's named that stat line. One of Horowat's favorites. I'm sure he knew this was coming. I didn't tell him, yeah. but I'm sure you had an idea that this was what was coming. I didn't even think about it until you started introing it earlier, like five seconds ago. So <laughs> I'm underprepared and not ready. So let's, exactly. let's do That's this. That's just the way I like you when we get into this segment. Because I want you to be unprepared. I want you to be off the cuff. I want you to use all that energy and brain power that you have, Horowat. So this is going to be fun because for episode 200... 
all of these stat lines are from the beginning of the tip of the iceberg up to now. So all stat lines are from when we started this podcast and on. So that, that, that there's your, there's your coffee. Usually I give you a year. This is from the 2019, 20 season, the first game of that season up until yesterday's game. So I'm guessing also it'll only be players that have been on the team that whole time. Not necessarily the whole time. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. I, was, I was wondering if I was narrowing. I down can't make it that easy for selection. you. Selection. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't make it that easy for you. Cause then that's only like 13 or 14 players. It's it's a little bit more than I think we'd we'd realize. Yeah, there was not really much turnover between last season and this season. But nonetheless, we have three names. For those of you that haven't been here for this, we have three names, I do, and three stat lines. Horwat has a couple of hints that he's allowed to ask for, but he only has two guesses to get them correctly. So if he gets one wrong and he gets the second one wrong, it's a it's an X. It's a wrong. It's a mark against his record. So let's get it started. First stat line. 120 games played, 59 goals, 129 points, and 120 hits, a hit per game. Name that stat line, Mr. Horwat. How many goal, How many points in games? 129 points in 120 games. Ooh, just under a point per game. Plus you said 129 hits? 120 hits. 120 hits. Okay. All right. Hold on here. Let's. Okay. So it's definitely not Aston Reese because I think he's at that number already. Well, I don't think Zach Aston Reese is an over a point per game player the past three seasons either. That too. <laughs> the hits is the one that's throwing me off though. Who's out there throwing body at least to hit a game for 129 games? How many games in? We played a full season since we started we, this we show. We have not played a full season since this show began. Uh, that, that makes the math really weird and hard now. Great. Just throw a name out there. How many over a point per game players do you think the Penguins have had the past three years? You have two guesses. Not many. It's not Crosby. It's not Walken because those are too low, I feel like. Uh, Jake Gensel, guess number one. It is Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel is 129 points in 120 games. You did not ask for your hint which your hint would have yeah. been he is tied for the lead in Penguins points since we started this podcast with Sidney Crosby. Oh, okay. Crosby has so also had 129 hunch, points in yeah. less games, but still. My first hunch was Gensel when you started listing it off just because... I threw the hits in there uh, to try to throw you off. And then you threw the hits in there, and that did throw me off, yeah. But yeah, Gensel was my first hunch because that is a lot of points. And other than Crosby, who I think... Well, now that it's, I know it's the same number... Um, I thought it was higher. So yeah, no, was Jake, Jake Gensel is tied for the team lead in points since we started this podcast. Sick. Per, <laughs> pretty, is it pretty impressive? Wait, so it's the podcast and not the show. Not the radio show. show yeah, right? not the radio show. All right, now I got to really redo my math. Got yeah, it. didn't dive that far back. So since the beginning of the 2019-20 season, Horwath, that's what we're doing. Got it. Player number two, Horwath is one for one so far. 143 games played, 23 goals. 88 assists for 111 points. How many goals? 23 goals, 88 assists, and 143 games played. Chris Letang. That is Chris Letang. Good guess. Defenseman, I mean, the low goals to high assist ratio, especially that many assists, I mean, 88 assists in 143 games, there was really not too many people that you could have probably thought about there. 
I got it because of the games played. Really? <laughs> Once you said the games played, I was like, it's more than Gensel. Who has played more than Gensel? I get Gensel missed a lot of time mm-hmm. and uh, with his injury, but also we've had shortened seasons. That's very true. Who's playing that much? Teddy Bluger, but then you threw the points in yeah, there. Marcus Pedersen's probably Chris up there. Tim. I didn't check, but he's probably up there. And your hint for that one would have been believes the best Christmas movie is The Grinch. So I didn't know if you paid attention to that TikTok or video that they made. I remember everyone's answers. But yeah. and I remember Brian Boyles because he had the correct answer. Mark Friedman was Polar Express because that's also the correct answer. Mm-hmm. And I remember Evan Rodriguez being offended by the question whenever he answered. Yes. Like, of course, it's I forget what he said, but he gave the face Home Alone. Up. Why is this even a question? He was like, it's obviously Home Alone. Why is this even a question? Yeah. So that's... Those are the main things I remember from that. I'd have to watch it again. Mm-hmm. So two for two, Horwat, Jake Gensel, and Chris Letang. Now this one, a little bit harder here. Third player, final player, how we're going to end off episode 200. 100 games played, 18 goals, 41 points, and 383 hits. Name that stat. Ah, is that Brandon Tanev? That is Turbo Brandon Tanev. He hails from Toronto, Ontario. And Horwat, for a special occasion, episode 200, you are a perfect three for three. Perfect three for three, no hints. I'd like to thank the Academy. Uh, I'd like to thank <laughs> the Penguins for letting us down year after year. Hopefully not this year. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for episode 200. Horwat, do you have anything to say before we go here on this monumental milestone occasion here at the tip of the iceberg hey you know what it's been a hell of a 200 episodes uh, always thank you for the um what's it called support from the network from our sponsors from everyone within the network who supports us as well and all around the world that listen thank you all around and hey i hope everyone watches the uh, Steeler game tonight just gonna throw that one in there well, I love everything you said there. I echo all of your sentiments. I also want to throw a thank you out to my fiance Kayla, your girlfriend, Megan, and you've mentioned it as well a lot. I mean, they hear half of this conversation all the time, and then they have to stay quiet in the other room. So thank you to them for doing that. Thank you to everybody that has listened from 3PT to the early days of the tip of the iceberg all the way through and up until this moment here, episode 200. Definitely Isha, Jerome, and Dylan Kayser. Thank you to them. They're the heads of the Hockey Podcast Network. They brought us on very early on. I mean, to get this started here at the Hockey Podcast Network, they entrusted us with the Pittsburgh Penguins coverage, and hopefully we have done a good enough job. I mean, we've done a good enough to to be on there for 200 episodes, so hopefully 200 more. Thank you to all the listeners. I mean, lastly and, and mostly, you guys are the reason we do it. I mean, we'd probably still be doing it, but you're the reason that we get to do it twice a week and bring on all the amazing guests we have. So we have more guests coming up. That's my 2022 resolution to get more guests on this show. So we have guests coming up in in the next week or two that we'll have a couple of them. And it's going to be a fun, fun year for the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Thank you once again. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Have a good week, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.